Hey, and thanks for listening to Englewood, the podcast. My name is Diana Campbell, Diana Dismas Campbell, and I'm your hostess. In each episode, you'll hear a short conversation. It will be about the hometown that we love so much from the perspective of people who knew you when. We'll reflect on our schools, our leaders. We'll describe our neighborhoods. We'll simply reminisce. So as you listen, listen for your name. Listen for your family, your block. These are our stories and our voices. This is our time capsule, if you will, for setting the record straight and leaving the record for posterity. I hope you'll join me in paying homage to Englewood, New Jersey. So, Felicia, tell me where you lived in Englewood. I lived on Glenbrook Parkway. I think that's technically the third ward. It was down the street from middle school in the pool. Um, so right, so you, so you and I lived across the baseball field from each other, essentially. So Howell Road is the road that took you straight down from the middle school. And then if you walked down Tryon, that was the pool. And then you would hit Glenbrook. Right. Right. Glenbrook was right between Tryon and Liberty. Laura, when did you come to Englewood? Because a lot of people are transplants from New York or other places, but when did you come to Englewood? We moved to Englewood in 1975. I was in the second grade, and we moved from uh, Washington Heights, New York. Okay. Well, my my parents were originally from North Carolina, and so they were transplants to New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents divorced when I was two. When my mother remarried, she and her second husband moved us to Englewood. Got it. And my dad still lived in New York. Got it. So you were there since 1975, second grade. What school did you go to? Because you didn't go to Cleveland. No, I got busted quarrel. Why? Do you know why? I don't know why. That just was how it turned out. I don't think, you know, my mother had anything to do with requesting it or anything. It was just how it turned out. Yeah, that's weird. Because you know what? You and I, we didn't meet. We lived right across the park from each other. And we didn't really meet. And hang out till middle school, right? Till middle school, yeah. I didn't meet any of you guys in the the neighborhood until middle school. I used to hang out with my choral school friends. And none of them lived lived, lived in my neighborhood. Yep, because I went to to Lincoln, which was almost a little weird, because I feel like Cleveland may have been closer. Yeah, I think, think, I'm pretty sure Cleveland was technically the the school for our district. Mm -hmm. But some people get, you know, with busing and all that to integrate the schools, they moved people around. So yeah, you went to Lincoln, but uh, Lisa went to Cleveland. Yeah, and, and Lisa Freeman, who's, oh, that's right, that's right. So Lisa Freeman actually lived on my street at the top of the block. Her brother was Val Freeman. That's interesting. So, huh, I had, you know, at the time, you don't think, you know, kids, we don't think of these kinds of things, but in re- retrospect, you know, it is interesting that we all went to different schools. So you went to Quarles, um, lived across the street from us. Give us your kind of, what's your fondest, or it doesn't even have to be fondest, but tell us, what do you think about having lived in a place like Englewood, now living somewhere else, understanding the world a little better? Do you find it to have been a unique experience or what's worthy of of, uh, mentioning about it? Well, I love my experience living in Englewood. And, you know, I still think of Englewood as home, really. You know, I, I lived in New York originally, and so, yeah, I always say that, you know, I'm a native New Yorker. It's always cool when you're a native my, New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know, my coming of age, so to speak, 
happened in Inglewood. So that's like, that feels like my, where my roots are. And like, I've lived where I live now longer than I've lived anywhere. And yet I feel rootless yeah. here because I didn't grow up. While here. I get that those are your roots and that's where you feel grounded as you reflect what was unique about it. So there are a lot of people who come from places that they don't feel ground connected to, right? I hear that all the time in my meeting people from different places. So what makes you feel, what do you think makes you want to be connected to a place like Englewood? Well, I think it's just a matter of, of, you know, having, like I said, come of age there. That's where I met, you know, the longest friends Mm -hmm. like you. One of the longest friends in my life, we're we're both connected to Englewood. Um, You know, my awakenings, most of them growing up, happened in England. So let's pivot a little bit and talk about your family because you had three brothers you grew up with, all of whom, did they also spend most of their time in Englewood or did they spend more time in New York? You know, I have two older brothers. So I think for them, they probably technically spent more time Mm -hmm. in New York. You know, it's so funny because we lived, we moved to Englewood in 75 and we left in 87. So, you know, looking back, 12 years isn't really that right. long, but it, it seemed like right. a long time. <laughs> and also, you I, know do, I, mean? I do. And I didn't mean to leave out Shamel. I know Shamel's there too. I'm thinking about the, um, right, it does seem like a, a long time. And when I see on Facebook, thinking about people like Ken Tinsley, who are still connected with your brother and, and you and you know, it's like there's something that kind of bonds you. I, I don't know if it's a high school thing or, or what. That's part of what I'm trying to unpack. But there is this connectedness that happens or that happened at a time. It really, really did. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what to attribute it to. Maybe it, was, maybe it is just high school or, you know, school period and those people that you grow right. up with. For my, my oldest brother, Tony, like, I think when we moved there, he was maybe a freshman or maybe he was eighth grade, something like that. But so he spent probably the least amount of time there because after high school, he left and went off to college. But somehow he's still very connected, like you said, to Ken and just that whole experience. Right. It's just, it's just, it was just so strong and it's just part of the fabric of who we are. So one of my favorite memories growing up around our particular neighborhood is being able to hear the band both practice and warm up before one of the games. Yeah, I remember and that And I, I have the, the drum beats. I'm not going to try to mimic it, but I have the drum beats in my mind. They're like forever sealed there. But I think there's a lot to unpack about what it meant to be from Englewood. And I don't think it was just our generation. I think it was our generation and ones after, but also particularly um, the folks that were literally, you know, this is the generation of people that that migrated from the South or their parents migrated from the South, right? And a lot of people migrated from the South, went to New York and then filtered out to these suburbs. So my hope is that by talking with you and then, you know, taking the people that you mentioned and the situations that you mentioned and then talking to another round of people and just kind of continuing to broad, broaden that, those circles that we start to unpack what was really unique. Well, you know, I wonder if it is that we were that post-civil rights generation. Yeah. 
and how that factors in, you know, where people, like I said, there was, you know, a spreading out, there was migration, but there was also integration. And we were like the first generation to grow up in full on integration. And in a a place that we kind of owned, right? And when I say owned, I don't mean we owned everything, owned the property necessarily, although there were a lot of black families that were homeowners. I mean, owned like we claimed it as our space, um, and right. and even even sort of civil, you know, you know, Mr. Herring, we associated him with the pool, right? That so it was Mr. Herring's pool, and uh, and we know Mr. Major was going to be coaching the kids out in the field that we lived across. I think it was, was it, what was the name of that field? Was it? Well, ironically, it's now called uh, Herringfield. I don't know what it, I don't think it had a name before. Right. It was called something before. I didn't realize. I know that they made a tribute to him at the pool. I didn't realize it was the field as well. But that makes sense, right? Um, so it there were a lot of dads and moms that had institutions and structures named after them in this town where they were the leaders. I think that's another thing that makes it particularly unique. And you're right. It's like post civil rights during, you know, this, this mass integration experiment, and then people who are owning homes and, you know, at, at leadership positions within the community and then largely African-American, that's really unique in, in American history, I think. Um, I don't know too many other places where you saw that. Yeah, well, I agree. that's the that's the gist of the podcast, trying to unpack that and also just have a little fun reflecting. And then the third piece is kind of connecting the dots. Like the last time I went to the um, McKay Park reunion, it was um, like two years ago, so it was 2018. <laughs> and I'm always um, struck by how we are all kind of related. <laughs> Psyche first you're like, Oh, I didn't realize you were married to my cousin and you know, it it's mm-hmm. so there's that piece as well. Like there's no sense of I'm sure there are some people who who felt isolated and alone because that's a human condition. But in Englewood it just seems like um even if you weren't friends, you were family and even if you weren't technically blood family, your family knew somebody who was friends, right? There's a sense of Yeah, there's all this there's a, a broad web of Exactly, exactly. So that's what I'm trying yeah. to both unpack and but also just really appreciate the the broad sense of connectedness. I think that's a, a nice way to put it. So I thank you, Felicia. Always good talking to you. You too.